<laughs> Hello, Emerging Writers. Welcome. We're so glad you could join us today as we sip tea and release our inner storytellers. My name is Kayla, and I'm joined with my friends Stephanie and Jordan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going off of the script and notes today and just doing a little bit of a check-in with life and how the writing process goes and a little bit more freeform. I had a couple of things pop up in my schedule, so we did not have time to prepare, and so we're just going to wing it today. It was a bit of an unexpected recording, so we figured it'd be nice to check in with where we are as writers and discuss that process of trying to fit writing in and trying to fit life in and just have sort of a life check-in and free-form convo. It's one thing to give pieces of advice on how to get through that writing process, but it's another to actually sit down and talk about how it's applied and how it's working with people who actively try to write but aren't professionals. (laughs) Also, to fully pull back the curtain, we had an idea in mind for a proper episode, and then we sat around the microphones and just talked for two hours and went, well, if that's what we're going to do today, let's at least hit record. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just got to salvage what you can. (laughs) Yep. And sometimes it's better to just be as present as you can be instead of pushing yourself. I take on a lot of projects with writing and with other pursuits in life. And sometimes it's better to just show up and be like, well, we're just going to do it this way instead and give it our best instead of trying to fit so rigidly within your expectations and making it a struggle. And so that's what we decided to do today, too. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to understand where you are for the day mentally and motivationally (laughs) and just kind of work with yourself. You don't You don't have to be hard on yourself to get things done. Sometimes you get things done in just the way you aren't expecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not still something good that you did. Yeah, it can still be progress in its own way. Mm -hmm. So speaking of progress, how is writing going with you guys during this wonderful, productive summer? Summer's been a rough one for me. I Last week, I re-outlined my whole story. I work... I've discussed this before in episodes, but I don't do a lot of plotting, but I have to have at least like a rough idea of where things are going to be productive. And so um, I was trying to write my novel this summer without any rough idea of the flow of things, and it was just not happening, and I wasn't writing, and so I decided to sit down and to make a loose outline to follow. And I had a couple of half remnants of outlines before that I glanced at and then scrapped. And so I'm excited to kind of start fresh and to follow a little bit more of a structure because I really want this draft to happen efficiently Mm -hmm. because it is not happening efficiently right now. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't looked at any of my documents in a really long time. Summer really got ahead of me. You know, having both kids home and then babysitting three days a week. It's Mm. just been all that I can do to keep up with everything going on in the house. I have not written in probably since like, I'm going to say June, maybe beginning of June. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time. Um, I've had every intention of going back and looking and seeing what could be done, but I've just needed a break. It's too much. 
when I have so much going on in life. Mm. But school starts next month, so <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, it'll be it'll be easier to have more time where my brain's not actively separating fights and stuff yeah. between yeah. my kids and getting them food 50 million times. <laughs> this summer, um, I started a second job and I had to get used to it. I moved in with my roommate in February, and so I feel like we finally got into the swing of things of like co-living together and co-inhabiting in the same space and stuff this summer and that was a process and then um there's been some stuff with my mom and family that's come up and some stuff with my girlfriend and just life things that take away time that aren't bad and I've had a lot of summer events I've done some fun stuff (laughs) so I'm not all complaining but uh my when I get a chance to write, I find that more often than not, than not, my comp- my cup is just empty. I don't have the like emotional and mental capacity to write lately, and so I'm trying to find ways to balance better and to have that space taken up with writing instead of with other things. But it's just I feel like the last three months has been really rough for productivity as far as writing and and also illustration goes because I do a lot of art in my free time yeah you definitely have to give yourself an amount of unwinding and like relaxing so that you can replenish yourself because if you're exhausted and just worked to your limit you're not going to be able to be creative Mm -hmm. I go through burnout really bad because I don't limit myself (laughs) I do too much and like I would say I spiral too much and take too much on in my plate and then something happens and I cry in my car in a parking lot (laughs) and that's when I'm like, oh yes, it's time to draw back. Uh, Two years ago when I was doing school full time and work full time, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to finish this project without a tablet at home. I can't work on stuff without a home computer because I work and so I don't have access to the computer labs a lot and I was with a friend grocery shopping at at Walmart and he pointed out the computers and the prices and then I broke and I was sobbing in my car in the Walmart parking lot for like an hour about computer prices and I was like ah I've gone too far time to reel it in Oh my gosh. And then this week I cried in the FedEx parking lot for a couple of different reasons. And I'm like, ah, too far. Time to reel it in. Let's cancel some projects and take some me time. Oh, yeah. I don't think I really get overextended like that too much. But it's inhuman. I just don't let it happen. It's an inhuman amount of burnout that I got through. But I did get burnout because I did camp NaNoWriMo in Mm. April. I think I actually haven't written since April. I was hoping this time it wouldn't burn me out, but it totally did because I looked back at my history and what the date was on my document and it was like April 28th. I was like, oh, I haven't touched it since April. Okay, it's August now. Cool. Yeah, I had a lot of pushing camp NaNoWriMo and then it just, some life stuff happened and I got a week behind and I just got so in such despair that I was behind that I didn't write for like a month or two after that. And that's not a good response either. Yeah. Keeping up motivation and is hard. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say we've 
talked about some ways to do it, but it is hard to implement. <laughs> I've avoided the NaNoWriMo because I anticipate that it would burn me out because I'd be spending too much time trying to just get words out. Um, so I like what I did better with just setting a more realistic goal for myself every single day. And I feel like I got more written than I would have having done NaNoWriMo because then I was able to sustain myself for a much longer time. And I did end up finishing my first draft before I graduated and I got it all printed out and I went to go do the editing part and revising. And it was really hard to keep moving forward with that because I started noticing even more of the flaws in it and the major plot problems that I have to figure out and was just kind of stuck with it and didn't have anyone who was available to go over it with me to give me like opinions and advice and just give that third person perspective. And in addition to that, I kept having this other story that I had written. It was a short story I wrote like a year and a half ago now. It just kept like nagging the back of my mind and I really wanted to work on it. And I kept telling myself, no, because I have to finish this story. I need to get these revisions done. And then no writing was getting done because I didn't want to work on the other. And I was telling myself no for the, for the short story. And I finally told myself, well, I might as well work on the one that's more fun to me right now because giving myself a break from the other thing will allow me to continue being creative and moving forward and improving in my writing. And then later when I feel better equipped and have had time to kind of ruminate on what the problems are or like come up with new ideas of how to fix it, I can go back. I think giving yourself perspective when you're done with a draft can be really helpful but it's like taking a break when you're in the middle of it that I feel like really throws a wrench in things. Yeah. But hopefully you can go back to your novel soon and make some progress. Editing's tough because you don't want to, um, at least when I go through pieces that I'm like, oh, I want someone else to look at this. And like, but they can only look at it for the first time once. And so I want it to at least be like a second draft. But it's hard to do the whole process with just yourself for feedback. Yeah. The second draft is if you're planning on doing it like that, it's probably going to be more of an edited version and not a revised version because mm. it's hard to do the revisions by yourself all the time. I don't know. It's so much easier for me to revise and edit someone else's work than it is to do mine. It takes me significantly longer to try and read through my own stuff when I'm trying to really analyze it and figure out like what I need to mm -hmm. fix. I don't know. If I'm reading someone else's stuff, I can get through a whole chapter of 5,000 words or whatever in an hour or two if I'm really looking. But mm -hmm. if it's mine, I can get through a page and then I'm so exhausted that I have to stop. And it's just so slow. Yeah, I have a hard time editing my own stuff too. I do pretty well doing other people's stuff, but it's it's difficult going back and trying to comb through yours and I, make changes. I do okay with editing my stuff for little phrasings and things, mm -hmm. but I really struggle with bigger picture, like accepting that, yeah, this plot point doesn't work and it needs to go. <laughs> like that part's really hard for me to do on my own without a second opinion, mm -hmm. but I can do like, oh yeah, I want to like make the sentence flow better. Pretty okay on my own when I'm thoughtful about it. Yeah, I can do that. I do it naturally when I'm rereading over mm -hmm. something I wrote anyway, and I'll be like, oh, this this isn't as good or I'll change a word here or mm -hmm. I'll change a sentence and maybe that changes the paragraph or whatever. That's totally different. That's just editing to me. 
Yeah. But revising the the yeah. story is so much harder because that's when you're getting into the the story of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to change whole scenes and whole arcs. Yeah, and I feel like it's easier to have someone else because you need an outside perspective telling you what they're getting out of it because when the story yeah. is just all bottled up in your head, you don't really know what is coming across what way. Yeah. And what things you need to give less focus on or give more focus like you may have some thing going on in the background that you know is there, but it may not be coming across at all. And that's where an outside perspective can help. Yeah, you have the full picture in your head. So you have an idea of how it's being painted on the page. But someone who doesn't know all of the background information that you do might be interpreting it in a way that you aren't wanting. And so you aren't getting the message across that you want to. And you won't know that from you. Yeah, You need someone else to read it and give you feedback. And you need... You need to be really pointed in the feedback you're asking for as well. Because if they don't know what to tell you about or to look for while they're reading, then they may not be as useful as they could be. And it's just asking them to do extra work that isn't even helpful to you at that point. Yeah. Because, like, someone editing or revising your novel, if they're doing it for free, like, that's that's a gift they're giving you as their time and so you want to make the best use of that resource and like respect the t- their time the best you can by being really clear about what you want from them cuz otherwise like it's it's uh them helping your story without actually helping yeah it's them yeah. doing what they can it's yeah. hard to find someone like that because there's so many different pieces that need to be in place for you to find someone who's really going to help you with the editing because mm-hmm. you need to have a relationship with them you have to be able to trust each other mm-hmm. you need to trust the their judgment and like their advice and you guys need to be comfortable enough with each other that they can actually tell you the really hard truths and be like mm-hmm. no this whole character needs to go they're ruining the entire pacing of the story <laughs> they need to go and you have to be able to trust them enough that like yeah, they're right. Yeah, I and that doesn't do just this. ruin you. Yeah, you yeah. need to know them enough to value that opinion. Yeah, and then they need to be versed enough to be able to actually give these sorts of opinions. So it needs to be someone who understands it enough. Yeah. And then also understands your writing and yeah, your style. And what you're trying to go with. Because, like, they may give you weird advice that goes against what your style is. Like, yeah. Say I was to do something for yours, you know, I don't have that same rhythmic writing. And I may say, oh, this sounds weird, but that might just be the way you are reading it in your head. It it sounds fine for that type of of story. It just may be, you know, something I'm not picking up on because it's not something my brain automatically does. So you need to find somebody who understands the type of work you're doing. Well, alternatively, it could be like, oh, I feel like there should be more going on between these characters in this scene i'm like oh well i'm not trying to set them up for this i'm setting them up for that Mm -hmm. that's not how my stories ever go yeah so they need to be able to understand like your vision typically and how you write yeah oh yeah because i'm like always looking for relationships and i'm like oh they could be flirting here and you're like (laughs) no they're enemies jordan Just because I described him with nice long hair doesn't mean they're going to hook up. No, it means he has nice long hair (laughs) and maybe that might be important later. (laughs) Yeah, in my I feel like that's one thing where my story draft right now is so confused. I have two like potential romantic things that I haven't decided 
if I'm going to develop into romance or into anything in my draft. And like, I need to figure that out so that I can lead, lead those characters there. Yeah, that's hard. That's something I just finally did figure out with mine when I finally decided that I was going to be okay with Bruce Banner being a romantic <laughs> partner in my story. That took a long conversation between her and me. It did. We like, like, but that's where you've written it. And she's like, but I don't want that to happen. I'm like, I don't read Bruce Banner fix. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo like, but you so wrote hairy. One. I don't you just wrote one. It. But yeah, I did. And that's the direction it went in. And any other pairing was just like pulling teeth and it didn't fit. And I was like, why is this not working? Until I finally was like, fine. I will put her with the one that it makes the most sense and she actually gets along with. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Writing is hard. I mean, the nice thing about Marvel is that there's the actors who play the movies, but there's also just the comics. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to envision Mark Ruffalo as you're writing it. True. Yeah. I've looked at some comics and that's helped with changing my perspective of that character a bit. Because I just, there's just something about him that's not my favorite cup of tea. I don't dislike him, but he doesn't inspire any, like, ooh-la-la feelings for but me. he has so. such a soft voice. Yeah, he does. There are good things about him. And there are some things about his particular portrayal that I'm bringing to the character. But I do have an idea of where I'm going, at least. And I've finally envisioned some of the middle stuff, like the interactions they're going to have and how they're going to grow their relationship. But... That took so long for me to finally just accept it and say, okay, we can do this. We can use this character and it'll be fine. <laughs> you made a face when I talked about Mark Ruffalo's voice. Yeah, I was just <laughs> not necessarily agreeing that like a soft spoken voice is inherently a plus. I was like, <laughs> okay. I think for my character, Your it will fiance be. is pretty soft spoken. <laughs> he, I... Maybe this is a difference in definition because I don't necessarily think he's soft-spoken. Like, soft-spoken to me is uh, paralleled with, like, meek. And uh. he is opinionated. He just doesn't speak super loud. And then also with me, he does. He just doesn't talk a lot with other people because... Oh, yes, he does. I always hear him through the door down the stairs. <laughs> when you guys are, like, having conversations upstairs, it's so hard for me when I'm in the kitchen not to be like, yeah, that's right, you guys, and respond. But I'm like, oh, this would be so weird. I can't say anything. This is weird. You can totally say stuff. I'll just start shouting back to you. It's not a big deal. For the listeners, Jordan lives in the downstairs of this house, and Stephanie and her fiancé have a, like, studio apartment in the upstairs. It's not a studio apartment. There is a bedroom. Oh, okay. Studio apartments don't have a bedroom. That's fair. Yeah, it's like an attic turned into an apartment. It's pretty yeah, cool. It's a, it's a full apartment up there. We have a kitchen, and we have a washer and dryer, our own full bathroom, bedroom, and a living room. It's just very small. Okay. Yeah, it's a nice space. It's only small because it's like roof yeah. angles. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like an A-frame roof and it's in the attic. So anyone taller than me has trouble <laughs> standing up in there. Because I've bumped I'm my head short. so many times yeah. on the ceiling getting up from the couch. <laughs> You're what, 4'11"? Yeah, somewhere oh. around 4'10", 4'11". And I'm feet. six foot. I Kayla doesn't go upstairs. <laughs> I have a fear of sitting in your couch. <laughs> I have like my own little hobbit hole except it's... <laughs> 
the attic <laughs> of someone's house and it's not a hole. Uh, yeah, it's like perfectly proportioned for you. It's so funny. I can reach all of the cupboards. Right? I was it's like, so oh, I don't Stephanie even have to, to climb up everything. on the counter. <laughs> like in my kitchen where everything's really tall. And I'm like, just get on the counter stuff. It's okay. Get down the things you need. It's no big deal. I'm not looking. <laughs> I So the kids have their own step stool to get to stuff and I have to use it whenever I need <laughs> to get onto the counter, to get up to the top shelf, to borrow baking stuff because our kitchen is very small and I just don't have the space to carry it all. Yeah. Though it happens often. I am climbing on their counters often. <laughs> I don't bake very often. I, I do wish sometimes. I did. Um, Clean up after baking I is tried annoying, to though. zucchini bread the other day and it turned, it turned out like a cross between zucchini bread and cake and brownies. How? Do well, you not have a cake or a, a bread pan? Well, first that. <laughs> That's going to be important for making a bread thing. And secondly, shape. I think I followed a recipe that called for way too much sugar and butter than zucchini for zucchini bread. But mm. I was already halfway through when I read the amounts and I'm like, well, I guess we're just going for it. And then I didn't have walnuts. So I decided to add dark chocolate chips in. Except they all sunk to the bottom and baked into the <laughs> zucchini bread of the bottom. So it was like the bottom layer was this zucchini brownie. And then the rest was this like... Also, I accidentally, when I was pouring the cinnamon into the bowl, I uh, <laughs> I lost control of my hand. And I, <laughs> I got like three times more cinnamon than it called for. I didn't really want to pick it out because I like cinnamon and that was a mistake <laughs> because the bottom was this like brownie zucchini layer and then the top of it was this cinnamony zucchini cake. Also, I didn't quite have enough zucchini, so I used part of a banana because ah. like banana bread. So this was like a bread. Frankenstein experiment of baking. <laughs> I was already so far in and the yeah. kitchen was so hot and I was just sweating and my brain was broken but to be fair my roommate ate half of it she didn't throw it out she ate multiple pieces and so did okay. I it wasn't terrible it just was like a dessert that cannot be named and shouldn't be repeated <laughs> I don't I don't feel like I've had any baking shames lately but it occasionally happens and I'm like oh Cool, I just made this whole thing and it is interesting. <laughs> I have had a lot of failed experiments lately because I'm on a very specific diet that doesn't allow me to eat a lot of foods right now. Um, it's it's an elimination diet because I'm trying to figure out what sort of foods I'm allergic to and are triggering my, um, my inflammatory bowel disease. Sorry <laughs> for the TMI there. But I, I can have like honey and maple syrup, and I can have non-green flowers like coconut and stuff like that. And so to try and get some of that baking crave out of me, I've been experimenting with some cookies and stuff. And some of them have been okay, but not being able to have eggs yet has really limited my ability to make anything that's good. Yeah, I did. So that zucchini bread was a terrible, terrible Frankenstein but I did recently make a lemon lavender cheesecake that turned out very good. And I've never like successfully done a cheesecake before. I want cheesecake. <laughs> I Sunday. had to send a video to Jordan. 
jiggling the cheesecake and i was like is this done enough it was the (laughs) funniest jiggle too because it was like a weird flexible pan and she was recording with one hand and trying to shake it with the other so it just looked ridiculous and i was like oh yeah that's a good uh jiggle diameter in the middle you're good (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a silicone baking pan which is still at my girlfriend's house and it's not my pan it's my roommate's Oh, Kayla. Kayla. It's been a month and I keep forgetting it. And Jess keeps forgetting it. You should make a note since you're going there tonight. What would she do without me in her life? Honestly. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant right now. Too many people in my life forget that they have a phone with them always that they can set alarms on. (laughs) So, actually, I shouldn't have to nag them all the time. I should be able to tell them once and then understand themselves and go i'm not gonna remember that let me make a note (laughs) but no instead i get to nag people for five months to do one thing anyway rant over i put a note to remember to bring my microphone and i still forgot it despite (laughs) having a calendar reminder did you make it an uh, alert as well yeah it alerted me it went off and i said yeah let me put that by the door and then i just didn't take it and i had (laughs) to drive back to my house to get it so like i have a calendar phone i put reminders in for most relevant things i'm still a mess i'm yeah. so beyond disappointed right now sometimes i go to the store with a list and i'll talk myself out of items on the list and i don't know why i do that too and then i get home and i'm like shoot i needed that why i don't know it's just a weird thing i do when i'm in the store shopping is a hazard for me i go in with my my list And I'm on a mission and I grab things as fast as I can so I can get out of there and go back to my home. Once in a while, I'll look at something on my list and I'm like, I don't really need that. And Mm -hmm. then as soon as, like a day later, I'm like, why did I not pick up the crackers? I'm going to make hummus and I don't have enough things to go with this for a hummus plate. What am I doing? (laughs) If it's on the list, it's because it's a thing I eat regularly. But also because of my, especially right now, my diet limitations and also I'm just really lazy. So I'll make the same foods over the weeks Mm -hmm. until I find a different recipe I want to try. So when I'm out of that thing, I know I'm going to be using it. So it's on the list and I'm going to be using it. But it's always like celery, carrots, Mm. cucumber, chicken, really boring things. I've been doing really fun ramens lately with my roommate. Where we'll add a bunch of like hot sauce and fish sauce and ginger and spices to the broth. And then we'll do a bunch of raw veggies to top it with. Like cilantro and tomato and mushroom. Not raw mushrooms. What am I saying? But like we'll soft boil eggs. Like it's been it so sounds disgusting. <laughs> you you had me until you said cilantro and then I started shaking my head. No. Cilantro and then you followed up with mushrooms. I cook um, the mushrooms. I don't, I don't want soapy good. fungus. <laughs> I love fungus. What are you talking about? No, it's so gross. And, yeah, like, mushrooms spongy. Aren't, are not my favorite just for texture purposes, but I I can put them in things. I just chop them up small. It's like mm-hmm. a texture thing and also like on principle. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about certain foods. Um, I eat raw fish. Like I love raw fish and raw sushi and stuff. So like a little bit of mushrooms are not going to deter me either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do raw fish. I eat the cooked delicious sushi that's deep fried and covered in sauce i just don't eat fish (laughs) i also love deep fried sushi (laughs) any sort of sushi i am here for i'm getting a look from stephanie that means 
time to get back on track. So on that note, do you guys have any good writing advice that you've heard recently <laughs> that has been inspiring? Hmm. Writing advice? I'll start. Okay. Because I have one in my good. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I was being generous by asking other people to talk before discussing what I really wanted to say. Maybe just get to the point, <laughs> Kayla. Um, I watched a Hank Green video on on YouTube that stayed with me for a couple of weeks. It was like a writing Q&A because he wrote a book recently. And in one note, he said that if you aren't working on your novel at least once a week, then you're not writing a novel anymore. And you have to like take all of the time and energy to get back into it and to have it all fresh in your mind again. And I don't think I've ever heard a truer sentiment about writing, at least for myself, because when I write at least once a week, the story's kind of in my head and I'm like clear on where I stopped in the draft and I'm clear on what should go next, or at least I have ideas about it. But when I go longer than a week, I have to refresh myself and I have to like reanalyze the story and reread some stuff and think about it and like. I'm so out of the groove and that's been my problem lately is that I'll write maybe once every two weeks and I'm putting in all of the extra like writing work of getting back into it every time I sit down to write. It's like whenever uh, I go a while without working on something and then I want advice from someone who hasn't heard about my story in a while <laughs> and I've made a lot of changes now. And so every single time that I go to like bounce ideas off them. We have to go through this whole history and setup of what the story even is so that they can help <laughs> me bounce ideas off. And yeah. it's so exhausting. Yeah, it's just that except with myself. And so it's like exhausting but also frustrating because it's like this is my story. I should know it. <laughs> yeah, I think in order to get myself writing again, I'm going to have to just read what I have written and see what jumps out at me, which is good because it's been a couple months, so I'm not really familiar with whatever I was doing. I just remember Stephanie reading part of it and being like, Thor can't say this, Jordan. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I know. I have a hard time with his voice, but I don't someday. even remember what it was, but good. it was super good. out of character and weird. Was yeah. it like a sex scene? No, it was, it was just a weird throwaway line because I hadn't really like gotten into his character in my head and I was like oh I'm so embarrassed that you read that because that was not top tier uh, dialogue writing for me at all <laughs> and I was like I know it's going to be gone I know I'm sorry <laughs> sorry you had to witness this <laughs> I was listening to an author interview recently I think it was Kelly Armstrong but I'm not a hundred percent but the author um, talked about how when they do a first draft they do the dialogue only, almost like a script, and then they go back and fill it in with the, like, prose. And I th maybe I've brought it up on the podcast before. No, you just talked about it to us. Uh, yeah, I do I that a lot with writing stuff. I'm like, let's have this conversation off the mic and not have any content for when we record. I actively have to stop her from talking sometimes, like right before recording, <laughs> because she wants to tell me all the things she's planning on saying during the recording. <laughs> I'm like, or you could wait and then it'll be new to us when you tell us <laughs> while we're recording and then we can react to it like it's the first time we've heard it 
Because it is. <laughs> I don't know why I do it every time. It's so common. Literally every time. If there's a topic that I think would be interesting for us to discuss. Okay, so maybe you guys have started to figure out a little bit about our personalities by now <laughs> um, from these few episodes. But I'm the one who writes out all the like ideas for what we're going to talk about, all of our topics. Sometimes Jordan adds some notes. But mostly it's me. Mm -hmm. I give a rough thing and then I'm like, Stephanie, flesh it out. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the one keeping things going and hitting topics. Mm -hmm. So if there's a, a section that like I don't necessarily know as much about, but I know that they do, I'll ask them if they have anything to say. And if Kayla does, she'll be like, yeah, so I'm going to talk about this. And she'll start trying to talk about it. It's <laughs> like, Kayla, please stop. Every Tell us time. in a few minutes. Also, <laughs> you're talking about how you're always the one with notes. And I just want to say, I might, like, I have to-do lists. I'm an organized person. I like to be like, I'm going to do these things today, or I have to do these things today. But then when I get down to the task, it's just chaos. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's time to work on this. We'll see what happens. Okay, it's time to podcast. I'll see what what happens so like i structure my chaos at the least i structure my structure okay yeah you do we do have a good blend like i try to do some of the work Ugh. it's just hard it'll be easier once school's happening i did the logo yeah i did the art kayla did the art it was a good um contribution i appreciated it i also run the twitter and should run please the join it please follow please. Please follow the Twitter. Yeah, She's we want to talk so much. No one replies. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll keep doing it because if Steph asks about it, I'll feel ashamed when I tell her I have not touched it at all. I also follow the run the Instagram, but haven't had time to make art to go on it. So don't bother with that. It's one, a little apparently. neglected. But like, <laughs> if you follow it, maybe I'll do something eventually. <laughs> Yeah, wow. I run the Tumblr, and this is Jordan. So if you ever want to talk, totally come talk to me on there because I'm always on there, and I always want to talk. So if you have any comments, just send them. Also, if you respond to any of our social media with any sort of question or interest, there's a 100% chance that will be featured on the podcast. Yes. Because it's will. all I want. We are waiting for Please give things. us content to respond to. I don't know if the best message to send out is that we're ready to pounce on these poor people. Um, <laughs> no. I have concerns I, about I'm, this tactic. I'm ready to shower them in attention. <laughs> I don't know if people want that either. <laughs> you can, if you just want a little bit of attention, just say, hey, I'm a casual. I, I don't want your full explosive force on me right now, but how about just a little bit? <laughs> if you're scared of interacting, you can just join the Facebook group, yes. which is what I predominantly moderate. Yeah. Sometimes I'll add stuff, but I don't really moderate. Yeah. Me and Jordan are like a restrained force in there. Yeah, we are. But well, also, if you pay attention to our social media, there's like a 50% chance I'll make more content for it and they'll be like writing illustrations. Yeah. So validate me and follow our social media so that I feel motivated to do it. I Steph's just shaking her head at us. Such terrible self-promotion. <laughs> Not even like smooth. Hey. Just super tacky and at least pathetic. I'm not 
Oh gosh, that reminds me. I am earnest. And I'm I am ashamed. I'm an enthusiastic soul. And I'm ashamed. Don't stomp stomp out my light. <laughs> That's all I'm here for. <laughs> You're like, no. Put the light back under the basket. It hurts my eyes. It makes me sneeze. <laughs> so I was reading a bunch of books recently and I thought of this because of the shameless promotion thing. <laughs> this this author referred to other books she'd written in her books that were being writ, uh, read by the characters. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's it. Oh, and I looked it up and I was like, this is something you wrote. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so like, smart wow. and terrible. Re referring to like she had something where there is like a band story and the band was the favorite character or the... The band was the favorite band of one of the characters in a different book. And I was like, no, you're going too far. This is shameless. <laughs> you have to stop. But, you know, I guess if you own up to that, there was a disclaimer in the front. So I should have expected it. It just surprised me. <laughs> oh, but my gosh. That's so ridiculous, though. You're going to do it at least. Own up to it. And say, hey, by the way, if I mention a thing, it's something I've also written. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I guess that's better than, like mentioning things that are real and taking people out of the story because that can be a thing for some people well, well you don't depends. sorry it depends what the world is because mm -hmm. i feel like it's if it's set in the real world and you don't mention anything about the world you're very like generic brand and made up stories that can feel fake too i feel like it's a balancing act for stuff set in realistic like modern settings yeah you want to be careful because you also don't necessarily want to date it with like what is actually popular mm. at the time because yeah. if you wrote a story and it featured twilight nowadays that would feel kind of tacky but it can be used with a purpose like if you're trying mm -hmm. to paint a character that would fit that set um you had such a better example because when you were like you don't want to date it my brain went yeah imagine if you mentioned fidget spinners in a story <laughs> No, like, that's better, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, that's a dumb reference to make. <laughs> I feel like using references to things that are popular is so... Oh, you have to be so careful because it's super easy to make it really cheesy and weird. And then the sexy scientist geek played with his fidget spinner on his desk. <laughs> that's fantastic. And actually, please write that. I'll give Bruce Banner one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, that'll well, be great. It looks like it's about time to wind down. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around for our food talk, as well as our shameless self-promotion. Um, hopefully, hopefully you guys stuck around to the end. Next week, we'll come back with an official tea time. But until then, we'll pass some questions off to you guys for this week. How's your writing been going? How far have you come in your story? Have you run into any roadblocks that have been keeping you from moving forward? Let us know on Twitter or Tumblr, please. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>